Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is James Watson's favourite weekend of the year. Haydock's big day in the sun, although it's never really in the sun, is it, down there? Betfair Chase Day, we've also got a couple of graded events at Ascot to run through. I think we'll just be focusing on those two meetings really this week. Jim, you love a bit of Haydock slop, lad. Absolutely buzzing for it, and it's going to be the complete opposite of what it usually is. Um, so far, a good good ground Haydock. Kirkland needs to get his hose out and uh, get that track well watered, otherwise there'll be a fair few non-runners at the weekend. But like you said, a, a, a really excitable weekend for me. Lost his back out at Ascot in the Chris E3 uh, 1965 chase. Uh, hopefully he can bounce back to somewhat of form. Um, Bristol Demise is going to look to emulate Corto Star in winning four Betfair chases. And... I'm going to be at Haydock, so what isn't there to enjoy this weekend? And I, I think an outstanding card at Haydock that I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, it does look decent. I must admit, I've been I've been focusing on a on Ascot this weekend because obviously Sky Sky have the rights for Ascot, so I've, I've got a five to follow up for ATR. So I've not had too much chance to delve into the Haydock form, so I'm intrigued to see what Jimbo says. But we will start there over in the northwest. Uh, their opening race at 10 past 12 is a decent little novice hurdle. Listed race, the Newton novices hurdle, my eye 6 to 5. It's good to laugh 4 to 1. Barrichello, Sonny, Gio, Knickerbocker Glory, and Hawk Esteem also in there, Jim. Small field, but my tie and it's good to laugh. Both look decent. The latter name, good horse on the flat. Uh, my tie, promising in bumpers and did, re- did it really, really well at Newton Abbott. Yeah, my tie is probably. Um, the one that everyone's going to be expecting to win and I'm probably well along them as well um, very taking debut beating some nice horse on debut at Warwick in that bumper then running that ultra competitive listed bumper at Newbury where everything out of it's run well since good risk at all barring the winner uh, I like to move it's won Jolino Bellows won and was a good second the other week Bill Baxter's won um, this, uh, Pieces of form behind there that are rock solid. Might I beat Thunder Rock last time on his hurdles debut at Newton uh, Abbott and bolted up and also beat Triple Trade, who was fourth behind JPR1 and wasn't too far behind Iron Maximus, who was fancied uh, for the Supreme early on. Thunder Rock's franked that form since at Weatherby, winning that uh, two-mile four hurdle um, pretty impressively. I think everything's there for Might I to be winning this at the weekend. Um, Soningo's chucked into this as well uh, with some nice wins over in France for Paul Nichols uh, has purchased him of uh, David Cotan so he's coming over here with a bit of a re- reputation carries the penalty um, and Knickerbocker Glory is a horse who I thought was an interesting recruit for the Skeltons he was far too keen in a novice hurdle at Weatherby um, if he learns to settle down a bit I think there could be a bit of an engine in him he, he was a nice horse in bumpers uh, winning one of them and was second behind Doddy the Great who had a schooling session around Kempton the other week, but uh, I'm looking forward to this race. I think it's interesting. Barrichello's not a, necessarily a bad horse either, but I think my tie uh, could be another one to take Harry Fry to the top of the novice hurdlers this year. Fair enough, mate. I can't disagree with much of that. Uh, at 20 to 1, Amateur is 4 to 1, 5 to win. The staying chase there. The future is bright. Nine to two. Silver Eclipse. Fives. Chef Dovra. Sevens. Jersey Bean. Seventeen to two. Nines bar. Anything in this gym? A couple of, I guess, more familiar names sliding down the weight involved there. The likes of Bob Marler and Captain Drake. Uh, Jim, this is a. I know I, I love my slow boat races, but even for me, this looks a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit plodding round the field. Very slower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's not a race that I'm overly enthusiastic about. Um, however, I think the future is bright. Is probably where I'm going to land. Um, up to up two more furlongs for this. Uh, sliding down, sliding down the weights a little bit more. Uh, down three pound for his two runs this season. All a bit that one in, in a very hot Newton Abbott, uh, Abbott novice chase. Uh, and he wasn't he wasn't completely embarrassed at Cheltenham in that amateur riders race. Um, but he was second in. Uh, the series final for stayers at Haydock on good ground last season off a mark of 109. Um, I think 
he's more up and coming over this distance. He's not been tried at it before in comparison to your others like your Bob Marler, uh, your Captain Captain Drakes. Um, so at nine to two, I think that's probably where I'm going to be landing at the minute on on the value wise and on the possible up and coming of more improvement over uh, two furlongs further. Fair enough, mate. It's a race I really struggle to have an opinion on. Amateur is going the right way. And you can kind of see why Christian Williams is trying the future is bright over over such a long trip. But this this that that's just a race I'd I'd, I'd be avoiding personally. One fifteen Betfair pays tribute to Andy Stewart handicap hurl. This could be decent class two over two miles and two furlongs. I was surprised seventy two five to beat Calico at five to one. Navajo pass champion hurdle contender Navajo pass is eleven to two. Christopher Wood, 6-1. Tommy's Oscar, also 6-7's Mackenberg, 11's Bar then. Oh, you like here, Jim? I think this is a fascinating race. You've mentioned it. A really competitive, uh, sort of a lot of nice horses in it. Now, I like our surprise a lot. And what he did at Weatherby, I'd, I'd, he was far, far too keen. He hit three uh, hurdles, far too keen. Daryl Jacob was up his neck. And then on the running, he jinked a little bit left. And that's what probably cost him the race in the end. He's stepping down two furlongs here, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. And a bigger field with a strong pace, which I think there definitely will be here because there's a lot of pace angles going into this race. Navajo Pass has gone forward before. Christopher Wood has. Tommy's Oscar has. Um, on public, on his juvenile hurdle win, went forward. And Wicked West, on his best performances, have made all. So I think there's going to be a fair amount of pace on here. And Sean Bowen could have a job to get him settled. Um, because on all his performances, he's been a very, very keen animal. And it's a risk taking him on, on at 72. I'd possibly like something a little bit bigger. Um, however, I was surprised it really caught my eye last time. And there's no surprise he's been put up £3 for be, being beaten one and a half length last time. Um, because he did an awful lot wrong and still managed to stay with half a piece. So at Weatherby... Uh, Palm's Lie has an absolute field day there with. So I think this is an interesting race. You're chucking Calico, who I think a mark of 136 could be a little bit steep for what he's done. Um, yes, he was second to Kate Gentleman in the Dove Cut, but since then he hasn't exactly been anything impressive in other races. He, he was beaten a fair amount by Tommy's Oscar in that champion, uh, Scottish champion hurdle in which the mighty Milkwood won. Um, he didn't exactly run with much credit at Fosslas. I, I was very disappointed in him there. Um, I think maybe his handicap mark needs to slide down a little bit more uh, for him to be getting into the winner's enclosure. Um, probably Tommy's Oscar's probably the, the other horse I'll be looking at. He's been consistent in two-mile hurdles uh, for a lot of his career uh, recently. And that third that I mentioned in the Scottish champion hurdle was was a very good run as well. Uh, he's beat Christopher Wood, who reopposes here. Um, he has gone up in the weights for all these wins, but not an awful, awful lot. And he's he's dropped a pound for that run behind Bass Rock, who's fancied for the old fixed brush uh, later on in the card. So he's probably uh, a little bit of each way value at a slightly bigger price. But I do think our surprise is ultra uh, competitive off this mark on this sort of race with the way the race is going to set out with. I'm hoping there's going to be a furious gallop, which allows him to settle. Sean Bowen's going to have to have an awful uh, time of it, possibly. Uh, he's never ridden him before. Daryl Jacobs ridden him, all of that. But I'm presuming they're using Sean Bowen for 10 stone. Um, I very much doubt Daryl Jacob could do that. Um, but I think our surprise will take most of the beating if the race suits him. Fair enough, mate. I can see that. Unexposed and potentially nicely layered. I, I think Navajo Pass might win this. Go on. With Theo Gillard's £5. Look, he's ca- carrying top weight, but he's only with, with Gillard's claim. You know, he, he's only slightly higher in the weights than when he won, officially, than when he won at, at Newbury under, sorry, at, at Musselborough under Theo Gillard on New Year's Day. I got New, I got New Year's Day and Newbury confused then. Uh, <laughs> Gillard's claim was £7, then it's 5 now, and obviously he's won a grade 2 in the meantime, a very tin pot grade 2, beating, you know, a geriatric boomer there, and Bally Andy, who needs, you know, the Ida chase nowadays. So, 
all right, you might say on the on the bare form of that, he might be poorly, but I don't think he's that down to one four four. You know, I think he's winning the king well. He got you know fair, he fairly got his ass handed to him, but I, I, I think he ran ran through a sort of mid one forties level. You know, and that's what he's winning off here. He was progressive, fourth in a claim hurdle as a juvenile, still only five. Don't you know the McCain yard have been having a cracking season. Five to one, you know. He might just be better than these, mate. Yeah. My only thing is is if he is challenged for the lead, he does sometimes throw his dummy out. I, I thought that at Wing Canton last time. Um Gorshin went to challenge him uh, early on. Uh, after some bad jumping by Navajo Pass, and he just seemed to have a little bit of a sulk. Um, with a race with this much pace, I think he may uh, not get as easy lead. Theo Gillard is very, very, very worth, worth his five-pound claim. He's an outstanding uh, jockey, in, in my opinion, especially around Haydock. He rode Chitty Balco last year uh, in a nice five-runner race and rode him to sleep. So around, you can't give him an inch of rain around Haydock, and he's well worth his five pounds. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm a big fan of field guard as well, mate. I just kind of looked at it and I thought maybe, maybe the top weight here might just be a class above everything else because because the uh, the grade two we, he won last season was very very Mickey Mouse. But the people have just kind of seen that as a bit of a gimme and underrated the actual talent that he showed to to go and win that. At one fifty uh, is the double daily rewards with Betfair graduation chase grade two. Uh, Brave Man's game, 6-4 on to be Itchy Feet, Pay the Piper and Al Nadam. Uh, Jimbo, are you going against the Fav? No, I'm not. Uh, I, I think Brave Man's game will definitely take all the beating. But slight worry uh, on on the better ground. I'm not in- exactly sure he, he's made for it. I know he's got wins on it, um, but he's a lot better than this. He absolutely blitzed the Charlie Hall winner uh, and my fancy early on in the card in the future is bright. Um he ran in both uh, top novice hurdles at Cheltenham and Aintree last year. He's shown he loves the fence. Uh, he's built like a chaser. Uh, and I think he will take all the beating. But um, I'd rather be backing Pay the Piper to be second in the forecast than Itchy Feet. I think Pay the Piper has been so consistent for Anne Hamilton. Um, you look at his form since uh, Anne Hamilton's been training him. And he's never he's only been first or second in all of them performances. Uh, ultra consistent second to Fiddler on the Roof in the uh, Colin Parker last time um, beat Esquire de Rome and, and Silver Hallmark in front of him so uh, that was probably his best performance of his career and he's been nudged up a pound for that and I'll be expecting him to be following in Itchy Feet who's less reliable um, Alnadam's probably not up to this level and uh, maybe a slight step up in distance might be up his street more in the future um, but I think Brave Man's game will take the beat and pay the piper to be second. I think that's a, a solid forecast. I agree with that, mate, and I don't see how Brave Man's game gets beat. N- nothing, nothing too fancy for me there. I can, I can see pay the piper finishing ahead of Itchy Feet, but I don't think that's a poor shot at all. But yeah, uh, Brave Man's game, I think he's going to be very good this season. Not a bold call, but I, I see how any of these struggle to beat him. Uh, 2.25 the stage handicap hurdle, like Jim said. The race that used to be the fixed brush, but isn't run over fixed brush anymore. But we still all call it the fixed brush. Uh, Rings eleven to two, and as his right place, right time at the head of the betting. Seven to one, Orbis Legend. Tens, Flight Deck, Bass Rock. Eleven, Stony Mountain. Twelves, my turf top twelve horse last season, Brinkley, and fourteen to one, bar them. Big Jim Watson, who do you like here? Um, well, if I, I, I think the favourite favourite Rings. Thoroughly deserves his place at the market, but if I was to back a Harry Skelton horse, uh, he would still find a way to fall off in a national flat race for me. Um, however, he's riding at the top best of his ability at the minute, and you can really can't fault anything he's done. I think it's just my unluckiness uh, on him recently, but uh, I think Riggs deserves his place at the market. He likes a big field. Uh, that was shown at Sandown last year in, in that end-of-season uh, finale almost. Not beaten too well, beaten a fair distance by Beauport, but beat the rest of the field fairly decisively. Um, showed that that fall at Utoxeter hadn't taken too much out of him when he was fifth in a race at Aintree. Now, that race has been used by others before. Paisley Park won this race after running that, and all of it he won. And I think Stony Mountain won that race, uh, who 
uh, won that race and then come to this race. So always that Aintree race is used as a bit of a stepping stone and uh, he didn't jump very well towards the end, but he travelled well into the race and stepping up to three miles again, will I think we'll see him in, in, in better effect, which we haven't seen him do yet fully complete a circuit over three miles. Um, but I, I think he's got a better chance than others at, at being close in this race. Um, Don Levant's a horse who I think could have gone slightly under the radar for a trainer that does very well in Haydock handicap hurdles, um, winners of Swinton hurdles and uh, many, a, many a race at, at Haydock over hurdles in, many, uh, in recent years. He's Evan Williams. Second in the Welsh champion hurdle behind Glory and Fortune. Now, Glory and Fortune was sixth in the Great Wood the other week. So, all a bit, he was raised a hell of a lot for that and he was beaten four lengths. Don Levant beat Leon Cavallo, who was second to Soaring Glory at Ascot. And the step up to three miles, which he hasn't done for Evan Williams yet, is, is where I think he can find a little bit more improvement. He's been inching up the handicap uh, with them two seconds at, the one at Aintree behind Tronador where he beat Edward Stone and Mr. Coffey and Kitson. Um, so there's bits and pieces of form there to, sh- to show that he's going to be really close to the front here. And uh, I know he's off a mark of 135. Isabel Williams takes the five off, who uh, has been riding him in all his starts barring one uh, for Evan Williams. Um, and it is a career high mark for him. For a horse that we feel like, has been around for an awful long time. There's still a little bit more progression to come out of him, I think. Uh, and 16 to 1 could be a, a fair amount of value. And my last one of my three that are on my shortlist, Gladiator Harlan, um, who links in with the Riggs form, uh, was beaten five and a half lengths by him uh, at Sandown. Uh, there's been a lot of movement for him. He was 33s the other day, and he's now into 18s. Um, he's a very slow horse who I think... On breeding doesn't really suggest that he want three miles, but on the way he runs, he takes a lot of stalking along. Uh, I think this this test will suit him. The better ground he hasn't run on yet, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes on that. Uh, So if you got a bigger price, I'd be happier. But at 18s, I think the value gone for him. Um, I think he's marked. He's dropped two pound for that. Um, Chester Williams carrying the three. He's a young horse. I think he's a half sister to Eldorado Allen, if I remember off the top of my head, uh, who stays two miles really well and, uh, and probably further in the future. So, an interesting race. Your your horse to follow last season, Brinkley, will certainly need some rain, I think, Lewis. Um, is there anything you like in this? Uh, yeah, there is, Jim. One, one who immediately caught my eye at a fairly decent price. I thought was Dr. Duffy, the Irish Raider, who reached a fairly decent level over fences last season. He got to a peak rating of 147 when he was uh, when he came over to run at Cheltenham early last year, the race won by Galvin. But he, he is a semi-decent hurdler and he's reverted back over the smaller obstacles recently. Last time out seen chasing home Stratum at Furlis. About a month or so ago. That, that race looks decent-ish for the level. It was a sort of a, a level weight, you know, conditions event. Really with uh, Nibbler's Charm, Holy Macaponi and Commander of Fleet. All behind, obviously, the, the last two named, uh, you know, what are they nowadays? No one knows. But Nibbler's Charm's a fair yardstick in staying, staying handicap hurdles in Ireland. I, I just thought one one three nine might underestimate this horse. He likes it quick. So if if Kirkland doesn't turn the taps on, if he resists his natural urge to have his lovely custard ground, uh, it'll suit Doctor Duffy. You know, best form all comes on good or good to soft. And really, I I, I just think he's 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 a real stay. Won the Mayo National last season. Was placed. In the Kerry National. I don't think he's too bad. A horse over hurdles. I don't think it's a, it's a massive disparity. You know, he was good enough. He took part. He was midfield in the Martin Pipe indefatigable one. So, you know, he was a Cheltenham, Cheltenham Festival level animal as a hurdler. And first of all, Charles Burns bringing a horse over from Ireland is always something that raises an eyebrow for me. Secondly, when Charles Burns decides 
I'm going to have a go at hurdling again after the horses, you know. Let's be fair, he was a good chaser. It wasn't like they've had to come back. Like I said, he won a Mayo National in the, you know, last season. Uh, he's 16 to 1. It just wouldn't surprise me if people kind of cottoned on and he became a little bit of a, of a sneaky, wise guy horse. So I'm going to try and get there first. <laughs> the, the other Irish contender, right place, right time. Um, for a very shrewd man in Emmett Mullins has booked Harry Kimber to take seven off. He won a chase uh, off 113 uh, in November, uh, early November. And he's now back over hurdles here in which he's only ever had one win in 15 starts. Um, a, a lot of movement. He was 10s the other day. Um, Harry Kimber's been booked to take another seven off. He's a, he's a man you've got to seriously respect in a race like this and uh, on a on a horse that hasn't got an awful lot of good form um, of recent time especially at lower levels and yes he was second to the bosses Oscar a long time ago and third to Streets of Doyen uh, it wouldn't be a surprise to see him spring a, a shock here almost yeah my other point with Dr Duff is which I find interesting is that his final start last season, they ran him in a Potemps qualifier. And it was the ride was so Potemps. He finished eighth, but he was, n- like, never, never in the first half of the field. Re- you know, dropped out dropped out practically last. And they, they didn't get there in time, really. I mean, he, he probably didn't quite have the, the gears to get there. But I, I think they wanted him to be a Potemps horse last season. After they, they'd have felt... It got to, you know, a high, high 140s rating for, we might be in trouble winning handicaps over this. Let's potentify him. Uh, they weren't able to do that. This isn't a bad backup option. No, certainly. Uh, so Dr. Duffy for me at 16s, I like it as well, Jim. It's, cool. it's, one, it's one I'm quite keen on. It's probably more, I'm probably more keen on that than anything I've put up throughout the races this weekend. Good. Watch him come last. <laughs> I'll enjoy waving him in in the parade ring. Um, Don Levon, Briggs uh, are, are the two for me, and, and but don't underestimate right place, right time for a shrewd, shrewd man. The Betfair Chase, Jim Watson. What a race! Aplutar six to four, five to beat. Bristol Demai bid him for his fourth Betfair Chase, his fifth appearance in the race. The only time he got beat by the mighty lost in translation. 13 to 2 waiting patiently. 8 to 1 next destination. 9's Royal Pagai. 10's Imperial Aura. 33's Condor Castle. And 40 to 1 Chatham Street Lad. I don't think I've ever put Bristol to my up for this, Jim. Um, I don't think I have either. Um, and can I throw a little spanner in the works? Go on. I'm not, I'm not going to pick either of the front two in the market. Hmm. You see, I'd, uh, that make, that's interesting, because I'm trying to think of how your mind works. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I, who who I do you think be... I fancy for this race? Well, I know you don't like Imperial Aura. Correct. Surely you don't think Next, next Destination is quick enough to win this? I think he is. Really? Yeah. No I, chance. I, I think... No chance. The way that this race is going to work out, it could work out in his favour. I think. I think if the ground is even good, good to soft, I think uh, that's more up his street than a lot of his rivals. Um, he goes well, very fresh. Uh, we saw him run a cracker behind Roxana in that three-mile hurdle after he'd been off for two years. Um, I know he's beaten a fair amount of distance, but he was very impressive then. He goes well off a break. Um, and first time out might be when to find him. And I know he is a very slow horse, which I sort of, I got, I had a little bit more credit for him in that national hunt chase because the way the race went, it didn't suit him at all. They went a really slow gallop and they sprinted to the finish, which I think helped Galvin in the end, who isn't an out and out stay. I'm, I'm adamant he's not, I know, he, I know he's won the three, th- over three mile five, but I'm adamant he's not as strong a stayer as many others. Next destination. I think uh, comes in here. He's beat Fiddler on the roof, who who was wrong last year, uh, and has come out and won uh, early on in the Colin Parker. Um, he jumps well enough. 
I, I think there might be a little bit of a bum fight for the for the lead as well. And I think Bristol Demai won't get his own way up from. I mean, Bristol Demai, it's not that he needs soft ground because I think he does run well on better ground as well. But he copes with softer ground better than others. Um, and others prefer better ground to softer than him. And I think that's which ekes out that little bit more on Bristol Demai. Um He's obviously been targeted this for this race. He looks to emulate Corso Star, um, and you have to respect him for his record in the race. But on the better ground, I think he may may struggle against what could possibly be uh, Aplutar, who is a horse who is probably his toughest uh, competitor he's faced in this race. Uh, even though the first time out isn't probably the best time to catch Aplutar, um, his record fresh isn't at all very good uh, I'm glad that they're starting him here giving him a proper campaign um, it'll be interesting to see how he runs Rachel Blackmore coming over to ride him is obviously of inter- interest um, we saw her heroics at um, Cheltenham the other week uh, with Jenna Lyman and, and her steering was certainly not a negative aboard Aplutar um, second to Minella Indoor last season in the Gold Cup and Maybe if he'd have got that gap, he'd have been closer. Um, but when stepped up to three miles in that Savills, um, I mean, that Savills chase at the time, it was exciting and we were all getting really worked up about it. But the horses he actually beat in the end, barring the ones who pulled up and fell, were actually not as special as probably we all thought. Um, and for that reason, I'm poking holes in Aplutar. Um, first time out's not the best time to catch him. And I think I'm looking to take him on. Bristol Demai, likewise. Waiting patiently, I do like for this. Uh, now with Christian Williams, who's been in flying form in recent weeks. The, the thing with waiting patiently, the change of scenery might bring out a little bit more improvement in him. I know there's beautiful scenic views of, of Christian Williams' tra- uh, training facilities, running on the beach. Something different might ignite something else in him. Um a horse that likes good ground, he'll be held up and, and picking him off late. Um, we saw him run so well in the Tingle Creek over two miles. So he's such a multi-dimensional horse. Brian Hughes knows him really well. The only thing is, is the price for me. And he's, I think every man and his dog's nibbled a bit of uh, double figures about him. I, I can't have him at 13 to 2. Um, if he was 10s, 12s, maybe wait on the day and see if he's a bigger price. Um, but waiting patiently isn't for me. Royal Pagai just needs it soft, doesn't he? Um, we've seen him dominate Haydock races. Um, he won the Peter Marsh effortlessly. He beat Espoir de Rome in that novice chase here. Uh, he just needs soft ground, and that's not what he's going to get here. Yes, he loves Haydock, but no, he doesn't like good ground. Imperial Aura is a horse I've never got the hype with. Um, he's beat Itchy Feet, and he's won uh, the... Handicap, novice handicap at Cheltenham. Um, I just never really got into him, and I don't think he's a grade one horse. Uh, Clondor Castle proved last time he wasn't good enough uh, in the Charlie Hall, and Chatham Street lad is living off that excellent performance around Cheltenham in the Caspian Caviar last year. So the only horse that it leaves me to is next destination, and that is the reason for it. I think eight to one each way. I think you'll, you'll get a run for his money. He'll be plodding on late on, and yes, he is a slow horse, but fresh on good ground is probably when to catch him. Uh, he's just not good enough, though. <laughs> After all that. Yeah, but it's just the one, the one crucial thing is that he needs to be able to run fast enough. I don't think he is. He was 5-1 to one earlier in the week. I thought that was mental. I had a go at the Law's price. If he were 5s, I'd, I'd, I'd do the exact same this week for Next Destination. I cannot see it at all. This is a proper grade 1 chaser. Horse who farms this race. The runner-up in the Gold Cup. The runner-up in the King George. And a horse. Who, who's the best horse Next Destination's beat over fences? Fiddler narrowly? Yeah, Fiddler. And not no dig at Fiddler, who's a crack, cracking animal, but it's not grade one form, and it's never looked like being grade one form to me. Sorry, Jim, strong disagree. Uh, as fair enough, I'd, I'd rather you say that than just agree with me. No, 
No, exactly. I've, 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 he's, he's just the, he's, he's the one horse out of these that I can't have. Because you'll really? be the one that's looking at a mug, uh, looking at a mug at quarter past three on on Saturday. Do you know what? You, you've made your case, mate, and, you, and your case makes sense. I can see it. I can see what you mean. But I think he's at least eight pounds inferior to a, a good number of these. Uh, it wouldn't surprise. Uh, go on, I'll, I'll let you talk. No, I, I, I've got me. But Apu could run £8 below form here. So could Bristol Demai. Yeah, I'll take that. But I'd, the chances of them all doing, yeah, I just I think it, I think it's a, a lot of variables. I run through the others. I'd, I, again, I'm not an Imperial or a fanboy. Uh, I like him more than you do, but that's it's not not the toughest thing in the world. I can, I can see why they're trying him over three miles. Uh, the Ryanair was an absurd race, and half the field were broken by halfway. After a wind, can kind of can can see why why he might improve for that. He'd have to though. Ground against Royal Pagai. Uh, I'd have liked him as well, had it rained. I'd have liked him. I think he's a horse worth persevering with at the top level this season. You know, I don't think he was utterly disgracing the Gold Cup on his first first try at a a proper, proper top-class event. Uh, Waiting patiently. I mean, he's a fly in the ointment, isn't he? Yeah, because he, he's run so well in top-class races, but never just got there. Could this be his year? Three miles on quickest ground would probably be close enough to what you'd, what you'd want from him. And I could kind of see him taking to Haydock. What, but, small offences? Yeah, he was unlucky not to win the King George last season. And he's a he's a very good horse, but it is waiting patiently, and he just don't win, does he? <laughs> You'd be waiting very patiently for him to be winning. Yeah, BDM's a legend of the game. Uh, you want to be taking him on though, don't you? Definitely. I think I think at his age, he's the same age as waiting patiently. To be fair, but he's been on the go, you know, literally since he was since he was free, pretty much. He's it's a hard horse to really assess what he did last season. Because he was very good in this race that he's always very good in. I'd say he was fine in the Cotswold. Native River, from, uh, you know, Native River, given an aggressive ride, is a tough horse to beat in those circumstances. Uh, and he still wants Santina, which again isn't hard, but showed he ran to another le- level. N- never would have run him in the Grand National if you were mine. Never struck me as a national horse. Uh, that didn't go well either. I just... I don't really see... see where the angle is from Bristol to my... Now, apart from the fact that he just loves Haydock and farms his race. That's kind of... that. That's That's got to be a line if you're backing him, surely. Uh... Aplutar's first time out record isn't good. And they've not been cracking horses who've been beating him. Last season, Castle Grace Paddy. The year before that, Ballyasheen. The year before that, Dr. Mikey beat him. <laughs> but he's just a better horse nowadays, isn't he? And he was very, very close to winning the Gold Cup. And it's very boring, but I think he'll win this, Jim. I think he'll win this. I think he's still only seven. I think he improved with every run last season. Staying chasing. When when he won the novice handicap at Cheltenham, he looked like he was going to be a staying chaser, didn't he? And it didn't happen immediately. But this looks like it's going to be his game. And I, I think he's a proper top class one. You know, that Savile's chase, you can, you know, you can make a, a case for, in a different way, the form's as strong as a gold cup. You know, different type of horses running in it, but a cracking, cracking race. And I think he repeats that he wins. And 
obviously he's priced up like he should do his six to four, but I, I think he's the most solid, mate. I, I think I think the only thing you're looking at him is that yeah, he he doesn't win first time out, but first time for everything. <laughs> Rules are there to be broken, aren't they? Lee? They are, mate. They are, mate. Uh, and look, when it when, when it comes to level weights races, it might sound a bit basic, but unless I unless I can find a massive reason to be against a favourite. I try not to overthink them. And if I don't, and if I can't find a massive reason, then I kind of go with, well, pick the best horse. And I think I put Ari's. Boring from me, sorry. I like your case though, even if I disagree. <laughs> Thanks for trying, there's a sticker. No, <laughs> no, I do. You're, you're far more interesting to listen to than I am on that subject. I must admit that. Uh, my odds boost on Betfair handicap chase three thirty five. Anything you like in that, mate. Strictly dancer thirteen to eight. Ramsey's to take fours. Empire Steel fives eight to one bar. Um, keep it fairly simple. Strictly dancer good winner last week at Cheltenham. Um, running here under the penalty will need a bit more improvement, but I won't be surprised. Um, Empire Steel's a horse, so I I, I like and. Um, I think at a mark of 140, he's probably deserved. He did beat Protector out last year. I know he jumped awkwardly and didn't like the way the track was. Um, and he was third behind Ascaria 10. Uh, bits and pieces of nice form. But I think Empire Steel this season could have could have a, a good season for Sandy Thompson, whose horse has been running well as usual. Fair enough, mate. Yeah, released another lovely, typical Sandy Thompson staying chaser at Hexham this week when Doyen Breed... Uh, beat Emmy Tom. He looks like a nice one by Embreed. Well backed as well. Uh, on to Ascot Jimbo. Uh, the opening race has a little four run and novice hurdle. Uh, I have nothing interesting to say about that, Jim. Looking forward to see Flamentine over a hurdle. I think he should get the better of uh, Jazz King. Fair enough, pal. Uh, there's a novice's limited chase at two, sorry, at 12.55. Again, I have found this card's so tricky. I've, I've I've got a five to follow up, as I've said. Four of them I've put up on the Friday. I only have one running for me on Saturday. Uh, find it, find them hard, hard, hard races. Uh, Jeremy Pass thirteen to eight five to be Asker Honeybee nine to four. Pat's Fancy four to one. Six to one Rapper. Twelve points of principle. <laughs> Jeremy Pass and Asker Honeybee. I guess fairly evenly matched on form. I think there's ability in Asker Honeybee, but he's always a horse I'm going to have a I want to have a go at because I think he's slow and he's a bit awkward. I think I think both of them are. I think Jeremy Spass yeah, and he's not, Honeybee. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's not a pro either, is he? Uh, uh, the most unreliable horses you can. That, that little tail. I always remember that tail swish of Jeremy's pass at uh, Jeremy pass at. at Win Canton when he beat Sizable Sam last year, and I just something I just don't like about the way he, he goes, doesn't want to go through with his races, um, which leads me to Pat's fancy, who's a horse who looked like he had a hell of a lot of ability when he beat Gladiator Allen and uh, was second to make good at Cheltenham in that Albert Bartlett race, where he beat Asker Honeybee. Um, never really kicked on again from there. Was disappointing in the River Don. Never really got in the race. Um, in the Albert Bartlett and ran with more, ran with plenty of credit in the end. At, I mean, he finished, but that that was about it. Um, at Aintree, his jumping was poor at Chepstow in his debut, um, so he'll certainly need to have brushed up on that. But I won't be surprised if there was a little bit more improvement to come over fences. He, he strikes me as a chaser um, and a, a, a good gallop. Uh, he just needs to get some momentum at his fences. He was just stopping every time he jumped and, and putting in that extra stride. Um, so hopefully he'll have brushed up on his jumping for that. I'm sure he will. Uh, on a race that's I think is very poor, I don't like the front two and I don't like the bottom two. So we'll go with the middle in Pat's fancy, who more improvement could come from. Yeah, it's an absolute dodge pot race, and I want nothing, uh, nothing to do with it. <laughs> written uh, in the ATR column <laughs> yeah, yeah put that on the Sky Sports advert uh, 
130 is the Colton Phillies Club Mayor's Handicap Hurdle. Martha Bray 9-4 to beat Shantou Sunset at 5s. 11s to Gold Millie Goat, an impressive lady. 7s get the appeal. 8s to Keeler Blaze. 11s bar. Oh, in this gym? No, not a race I'm enthusiastic about at all. A, a, another poor race. And Martha Bray um, scythed through the field at Exeter, giving it a very good ride by um, Harry Skelton that day. Uh, picked him off late. He's up. Uh, she's up eight pounds for that. Um, but she comes here in form. She used to run off a lot higher. She was off once off a mark of one two seven uh, in novice hurdles. So I, I think if she reproduces any of that form from last time, she'll be bang there. Maybe the top one, Go Millie Goldjim, who's second in the listed race, won by Dragon Bones at Doncaster last March, might be the one to beat if she's able to replicate that. Forms worked out quite well, obviously, with Winhouse, who was fourth that day, going and winning at Wincanton a couple of weeks ago. Dragon Bones has proven herself to be no mug whatsoever. What a likeable filly she is. Uh, one through four isn't particularly overfaced. They ran her over fences at Fakenham, and she was ahead when she came down uh, late in the day. Back over the smaller obstacles this time for Stuart Edmund, maybe go, merely go, but it's not a strong opinion. Yeah, not a race I'm enthusiastic about. However, this one is. The 205, then the Chanel Farmer 1965 chase. I wonder who Watson wants to win here. Dashel Drashers 5 to 2, 7 to 2, Deffy de Soyan lost in translation. 5 to 1, Master Tommy Tucker. 8, Benny's King, and 14, Pistol Whipped. Jim, I mean, lost back down in trip. I can see why. Yeah. And so can I. They, they obviously have the options of the Betfair chase as well. Um, they probably took this idea not to bottom him as early on. Uh, we saw what happened when he won the race two years ago when he beat Bristol. He was, wasn't the same at Kempton. And then he bounced back to form in the Gold Cup. So this is a slightly easier ta- task, in my opinion. Um, Deffy decides a, a horse who... Well, where do you go from him from here? Really, he had a he had an open goal in the champion chasing in uh, 2020, and he completely blew out. Disappointing um, in the Clarence House early season last year. Um, so, what do you do with him? I, I, whether you can take him on form, the Philip Hobbs horses are running a lot better. Dashiell Drasher last season progressed through the ranks. Um, he won the handicap. Um, at Ascot and then he won the Ascot chase I think the, that was sort of gifted to him in the end um, surname obviously not the same horse Master Tommy Tucker was isn't as good as we all originally hoped um, this season brings new tasks uh, carrying the penalty for winning that grade one against a horse who two seasons ago was third in a uh, Cheltenham Gold Cup um, who's got the pace to run over 2-5 the stable are running a, a hell of a lot better. Amarillo Sky winner this afternoon, uh, running at a 23% strike rate. I, I think he's got a cracking chance and 7-2 to two now. He's, he's possibly on a short, short side for a horse who hasn't run uh, a top, top race for for nearly two years. But it's it's a risk I'll be willing to take with Brendan Powell on board for the first time. Done a lot of homework with him. Uh, hopefully he'll, he's as fit as we possibly can get him um, he went for that race course gallop at Newbury the other day which took an awful lot of stick that gallop and I'm I'm for one people think that that shouldn't go on but that happens all the time and people just don't see it so I, I think we were very fortunate to have it the other day I thought the media coverage was good uh, and enjoyable and people were all a little bit too serious about that race course gallop um, so I need to grow up a little bit um, and I, I I hope he bounces back to form I'm sure he will he'll run his heart out uh, and come on lost oh I'm excited this is very winnable for him Jim it is it dead, is dead, dead winnable uh, starting with Dashiell Drasher mate I, I kind of feel like this is a case of do you go for the solid sort of like 10-12 goal a season striker or do you try and bring in Balotelli and hope you can make him score 25 
What a perfect analogy. And Dashiell Drasher is that 10 or 12 season striker. You Jordan Rhodes in the championship. Uh, and Defi decided and lost to the Balotelli's of the scenario because if either of them are at the best, they're in a different league to Dashiell Drasher, aren't they? Definitely. With all due respect to him, because he's a, he's a crackingly likeable little animal. Uh, would would you say we we know Master Tommy Tucker isn't as good as we thought he was? He's he's not as good as I thought he was. Um, maybe he's a great to solid animal, but maybe I just thought he had the potential to be a grade one. He was very good when he won at Kempton last season. Wasn't a mile away from Dashiell Drasher in the Ascot chase. The Melling, all right, on paper he finished sixth. He should have unseated. Sam did really, really well to stay on board. That should be a U and not a six. It would be nine times out of ten. Uh, he had no chance after that. I thought he shaped well enough for a long way. Back over hurdles at Weatherby. He might be the one, Jim. I might be siding with a Tommy Tucker here, especially when he's five to one, and Dashiell Drasher's five to two. For what two lengths difference between them? Yeah, that, that's fair season. enough. And I, I do kind of think I know again, no dig at Dashiell Drasher, who is a horse who did the turf talked of brilliantly last season for Willow, and he's a horse I think everyone. Everyone likes, but you, you just kind of get the feeling there's a little bit more star quality about Master Tommy Tucker. Yeah, that he might have a little bit more natural ability, and in a race where obviously he's got to jump, I'll say which, that now. Which isn't a, a, a full conclusion, is it? No, but. Double the price of the favourite. I don't know if he shouldn't be. They won't that much between them last season. Fair enough. Fair enough. But they've both got to carry more weight than, than the two possible Balotelli's. Um, so, for me, I, I, I think this is very, very winnable for Lost. Um, Benny's King's a horse I'm not worried about. I'm pistol whipped either. I'm not really too worried about Dashiell Drasher because I think he was very fortunate to be a grade one winner last year. Um, like you said, Master Tommy Tucker is the horse you've got to worry about. Defi Desai. What about Defi Desai over 2 5? What are your thoughts on that? I know that he beat um, Lost in the Silly Isles as a novice, but you've always sort of had him down as a two miler, haven't you? No, if he stays, I don't, I don't have an issue with it whatsoever. No, it's just he it, it just needs to be ridden differently to Lost. Yeah, no, I, I I don't see it as a problem, Jim. I think he's a very, very similar horse over both trips. I don't think he's markedly better at one than the other. Yeah, oh, all right. Uh, the 240, the Ascot hurdle. Buzz, 11 to 10, Fav, Goshen, 4 to 1. The spicy boy is back. 6 to 1, Molly, all his wishes. 7, Song for Someone. 9 to Guard Your Dreams. Uh, Buzz is short on what he's done, but... Again, this just looks like a, a, a very decent opportunity for him to step into graded company and win. Yeah, um, I'd have to agree as well. I mean, Gorshin stepping over two mile three. What are your thoughts on that? Is that is that either lunacy or uh, a bit of interesting tactics from Gary Moore? Uh, I can see why. I can see why. Cause on 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 all of his wins. He'd have still won over two or three, wouldn't he? Yeah. Like, he wouldn't have stopped. When he was winning them, them handicaps early on as a three-year-old uh, on the flat, you were thinking, two mile, you would have thought on them performances that he just ground them into submission, two mile three, two mile four, and be bang up his street. But since going over two miles, you sort of pigeonholed him a bit almost. Um, so, I'm not sure. I think, I think it's an interesting move. I'm looking forward to seeing him over this distance. Um, song for someone won this race last uh, last year, um, or two years ago, sorry. Um, well, a year ago. Start again. Um, a small field, he dominated. Um, he won't, probably won't get his own way in front. Um, 
Buzz, Buzz likes to be held up and come off the pace. Molly Ollie's wishes was ridden forward last time at Weatherby uh, in that coral in the uh, mare's race that Miranda ran in, uh, and there was no stopping her down the back straight as soon as you're given a horse that stays three miles well that much rope. Um, and she won that fairly comfortably in the end. Um, so I'd like to see Molly Ollie's wishes boost that farm back up. Um, Bridget Andrews doesn't have a very good record on her, but uh, I'm sure that's something that can change if, if the race runs to suit here. It's a race that I've not got an awful lot of opinion on. Um, Buzzy's win in the um, Cesaro, which should be enough to, to, to come here race fit. Uh, and go very close. Um, but song for someone's a horse who you can't underestimate Ascot in round two mile three in a race like this. That was my angle. Song for someone was... All right, peak form. Goldshot battered him in the Kingwell. But in terms of who had the best season last year, I'd have said song for someone. Won this last season. It was a very tin pot race against her. You know, a rusty Lorener and call me Lord. Uh, and then he won a, a farcical renewal of the international, but he shouldn't be seventh. Yeah. I'd have him not, three. Yeah. Not, I'd have him three to one second favourite. It's purely because of the, um, the intrigue of Goshen, I think, has is, is put him at four to one. God, you didn't use it in a mug. No. He's one of my, fa- become, quickly becoming one of my favourite horses. <laughs> Look, he needs to improve to be competitive in this, but he'll give himself every chance. He's a right little hard nut and he tries. Yeah. Um, nice little performance early season. Um, running all the big handicaps last season and a good third to my Jogo at Aintree. So he he deserves a, a step up to something like this. He beat Ballyadam by 33 lengths on that occasion. And we all know how good grade one superstar Ballyadam is. So, Jadja James must be the nap at nines. Uh, 3.15 Jim Gerard Bertrand Hurst Park Handicap Chase It's the last race We'll talk about In any depth Before midnight 9 to 4 Sky Pirate Seems to get a mention On every podcast <laughs> There's only so many times We can use him In the title Yeah there is We're running out of content I hope he does something Funny That we can have A new joke about him Can this he like region. Take a chunk out of Before midnight As he's going past him Just give him a little bite Yeah or maybe you can try and do a Capeland, what he did. Yeah. In this race in, a few years ago. In this race. Was it to Diego de Charmil? Yeah. Can you do some antics, it? please? Yeah. Just do it to Diego de Charmil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's 7-2. Good old Sky Pirate. A move of gold and Monsieur Lecoq after fighting out the finish. Hero. A couple of weeks ago was sixes, Sully Dock nines, Diego de Charmil twelves, and Dolos fourteens. Uh, Jim, I'm going to be dead honest. Uh, before midnight's in my five to follow, he's the best bet on Saturday. Is he not? Make your case. Well, look at what look at what he's done since he's gone back to two miles. He was, to be fair, he was a good horse over two and a half. Right, you know, some of his some of his peak form over two and a half miles is is very smart. Split Alnadam and bit Killer Cloud. Uh, in a in a traditionally competitive uh, novice handicap at the Tingle Creek meeting, I think Warthog might have won it back in the day. You know, producers guns. Almadam is isn't a silly horse at all. Uh, dropped him back to two miles to win a jumper's bumper. That was his first win in over two years, and it was the first time he'd ran over two miles since he was running in actual bumpers. Kept him to two miles last time uh, on his final start last season. Went to Chepstow, bolted up. On paper, it almost says three and a half lengths. He made a horrific error far out. Uh, I think it would have been a lot further if not for that. And some of the jumps he produced on the way round were taking lengths out of the field. You know, just a phenomenal performance. Say, three quarters of a length to the runner-up, but those in behind it was 15, 12 and 11. Strung them out. Anything that tried to go get near to him, really, on the home bend was just blown away. Court Rail was ridden very, very quietly and, and produced latest of all. Uh, and last time out at Cheltenham, it was just even better, wasn't it? Bowl along out in front, pop, pop, pop. Powered away on the running. It's it's like what they did with Sky Pirate last season. You know, rather than have a horse who is 
decent over two and a half. Just let them bowl along and attack for two miles. Let let them use all their aggression, pop out in front. Uh, I don't think this boy's done improving. He's up eight pounds from Cheltenham. If I was a handicapper, mate, I'd have given him more. I thought yeah. he was that good. I'm and, just uh, about to say eight pounds is very fair for me. Yeah, I I I I think you could have made a case that it was worth ten or eleven. Uh, I would not be surprised if this lad was. You know, next start was in something like the Desert Orchid. Because he'll win this. Very bold. Very bold. And and, and I, I can't disagree with what you've said. Um, before midnight, since going over two miles, like you've said, has, has been a completely different animal. Um, I think he'll get a fairly easy lead as well. There's not an awful lot of contenders here who'll be with him. Um, a lot of these like to either be held up or in midfield. Um, Sky Pirate will probably stalk him and he'll probably be the horse that'll be finishing second behind him. I think these two are streets ahead of the rest. Um, personally, um, you've made a very good case for before midnight, so go and back him at nine to four while you can. I'll just give a bit of credit to Amula Gold as well, who badly wound me up when he won at Ascot last time. Because when I, I wrote, I, I tipped up the editor the in that race for ATR. And I wrote, a mool of gold at 11-2 to two is the biggest danger. He went off 12s. And it was one of them, think, well, I watched him thinking, please don't let a mool of gold win at 12s, because he would have been the pick. And then he went and won, and then I watched Edith Adagie not complete, and I thought, oh no, you silly, silly bugger. Thought too much about the price. What a clown. Uh I'd say very little between him and Monsieur Lecoq on that, both up in the weights. Monsieur Lecoq's back in, back in the swing of things, really, after a bit of a spell in the wilderness. Amula Gold is dead, dead, dead sound and a very likeable horse for the Skeletons. Uh, 150 he deserves that mark. He's been doing a lot right recently. Uh, but look, I, I, I think, I think if he's able to beat before midnight off 150, he's a graded animal and he probably won't be. Fair enough. I think it's just worth mentioning before we wrap it up, Bob Ollinger in the beginner's chase. That's a very, very deep race, but excited to see Bob out and he should win. Yeah, against Ashdale Bob, one four six, Column of Fire, one four five over hurdles. Um Bacardi's was rated one fifty over hurdles. There's some proper proper firepower in behind in that beginner's chase and give him some good experience. So uh hopefully uh Daryl O'Keefe can Safely schooling round. Um, he's an absolute weapon and he's going to take all the beating this season. So hopefully a safe round and everything comes back okay. Yeah, we also have the Troy Town at Navan on Sunday. Hopefully my mate Farclass will be decked because surely, surely a big handicap in him. That's another handicap with Farclass that you fancy? Oh, hell, not another one. Not another one! <laughs> Got got to happen at some point, mate. Got to happen at some point. Uh, nap time, Jim. Would you like to go first or shall I? You can go first for a change. We'll, we'll switch it up. Yeah. Because I actually have, I actually know exactly what I'm saying this week. Sometimes <laughs> I'm a bit, ooh, let me think on the spot. But this time, no. Spot on. Nap before midnight. Next best. Dr. Duffy each way. And my third picking, oh, I'll, I'll go Aputar for my third best. I almost pushed it out and said Brave Man's Game, but oh, that, that dirty, would be some dirty behaviour. It's because Nicky Henderson's on on the on the telly now, and I thought, <laughs> is there not a little bit of you that quite enjoys Nicky just sat at home with a a nice bottle of red? Just knowing that the shit he'll cause, just having horses run on race course gallops instead of uh, instead of actually running them in races. Just imagine the trouble that would cause. I, I have great. I bet you Nicky has a whale of a time listening to all these Twitter trainers tell him how to ride and run the horses. I'll, I'll let you into a little industry secret, Jim. Go on. I don't think Nicky Henderson's Twitter is Nicky Henderson. <laughs> really. You never would have guessed, would you? Who'd have thought? It's, <laughs> it, it's almost as if Unibet run it. 
Um, <laughs> my nap of the weekend uh, will have to be the buy at Ascos in the Chanel Farmers 1965 chase. Come on, Lost. Bring it home. Bounce back to form. I'm sure you will. Um, next best will come in the uh, Betfair Says tribute to Andy Stewart Handicap Hurdle. Our surprise, the way the run will, race will run will be bang up his street. Uh, and my reserve will be in the novice hurdle, my tie for Harry Fry. Hopefully, he can continue his unbeaten run over hurdles and kick on to the next stratosphere. Uh, thanks very much for hosting, Lou. A very excitable weekend, and I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. Might you be joining me at Haydock? Possibly. Possibly. We see what crack is. I've been asked to go and see Tom Zanetta, and I think I'm, I think I'm, I just think I'm above that. (laughs) (laughs) Really don't blame you there. Um, I I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be disappointed if Bristol won a fourth. Um, No, there'll be some atmosphere. But, but next destination plodding on late on to break his heart wouldn't be an awfully bad thing either. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for being here, Jim. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed recording that. And thanks to rating the races for their continued support. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we'll see you all again soon. Come on, love. <laughs>